casually to you. We don't come casually. We don't come without awe, without reverence, without worship. Lord, we bow the knees of our soul, the knees of our heart. You, you can't be worshipped enough. We can't reverence you enough. We cannot fear you enough. We don't fear you enough. We are not in all enough of you. Glorious, eternal King, to whom we come, the eternal rock. Rock of all ages. The ancient one, ancient of days. We honor you, reverence you, bless you, bless you, bless you. Bless you. Accept our worship today. Help us. To fall into, Lord, the same attitude which all heaven carries looking upon you. Even those angels who are privileged to behold you. Who can see you. Who you blessed with eyes within and without to, to behold you and to see you upon, upon your sardine throne. You who is to look upon like a jasper. You are a sardine stone, an ageless stone. We worship you. Eternity, immortality in light. We give you glory. We worship your name. We bless you. We bless you, Father. And we worship your lamb also. The lamb that was slain for the foundation of the world, for our own sins, slain for us. That lamb who is worthy, who is at the right hand of him who sits on the throne, who took the book to op open it for us. The revealer of the things of God, Yeshua, our Adonai, at the right hand of the Father. Our high priest, whoever liveth to make intercession for us, who continueth ever. Jesus, the Son of God, we worship you. You're not like other men. There's no other man who arose like you arose, better than the angels, higher than the heavens. Who is like you? Who is like you? Who is like you? Your oil, your anointing is different. It's separate. You are differently anointed. You're not anointed like the others. Even above your fellows, something special about you. Oh, Lord Jesus, we eulogize you. We bless your name. We sing your praise, not just our lips, but our heart sings concerning you, who all the heaven worship, wonder of heaven, son of Elohim. We give you praise. 
you also who is our redemption our sanctification you are our salvation salvation seated on the throne God you are better than the present higher than the present the world to come the world to come is your is your world that's where you abide even right now Jesus we just want to come to you we want to come to you we want to come to you that's the attitude of our heart that's why we worship you that's why we bless you why we sing your praise come this morning and fellowship with us we want communion without veils just the openness of your heart the mercy of your heart to, to cover us, envelop us, bring us into communion, cause our ears to hear things, things that matter to, to your heart this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Flow out of yourself. Let streams break out. You have a water which you can give. So if that water be in us, it will, it will be like a well that springs up into everlasting life. Let us drink this morning from you. I pray. Let every heart have a taste. Have a taste of the, the waters that flow in you. Your own waters, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In our meditation, may you be exalted. Be magnified. Be magnified. Be magnified. Be magnified. Be magnified. We seek to glorify you. Let your word glorify you. Let your word magnify you and cause you to increase within our heart. Thank you, Father. Lord Jesus, as your servant this morning, I'm not taking it for granted standing here to minister your word. Every time it's a miracle, Lord, that you will speak through, through a thin vessel, imperfect vessel, Lord, which, is, which my heart is. I pray, God, that you will take it Use it and speak this day in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Holy Spirit, move among us. We bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Father. Good morning. Please have, a, have your seat. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Please greet someone, say I'm happy to see you. Some of you are not greeting. Thank you, Jesus.
you. Talabadosta, Elebrahantenise von zu Sofentia sons of sons, sonsi, Everon sonsi, sonsi, Everon to son to see to son, Everon to Zion to see to son, son to see to son, Mession to see to son, Everon to make you to see son, Esson see person son, the person of the son, Esson to son to your tom to come to top of Zion, come to Zion, Elebreving you up to Zion, bring you up to the mountain of the Lord. I bring you, I am bringing you, I am bringing you up to the mountain of the Lord, where you will see the person of the Lord, where you will see the person of the Lord. For even I come to you, I come to you that you shun to see. For I have come, I have come, I have come, I have come, I've been sent for to hate you, for to aid you to bring you up to Zion that you will see the person the person on top of Zion for you should come to see you should come to see you've come to see I bring you help I bring you help I bring you up for to declare me for to declare me and for to show me for to show me for to show me I am lifted up I am lifted up I am lifted up I am I and I'm lifted up I am I I am lifted up and that is my position that is where I would always be I am lifted up I have come to you I have come to you I have come to you I have come I have come to you and brought you up I've brought you up for to declare me for to show me for to make men to see me for to make men to see my person for to gain access into my person I your host I have come to you in a realm where you've heard of me but I want to come I've come I am coming that you will see my person that you will see my person that you will see my person and I am arising I have come to arise 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 to rise up to rise up and to stand I have come to arise I have come to arise and I have come to be lifted I have come to be lifted I I have come I have come and we have come to help you for to help you for to help you for to 
help you, for to make men see me, for to make men see me as I am, as I am exalted and lifted high, says the Spirit of the Lord. Glory to Jesus. Thank you. Um, good morning to you. I don't know if I greeted you already, but good morning. Hope you are all doing fine. Amen. I think some of us are away today in um, Toronto, is it? Or for a program. Praise God. I'm sure that will, be, that will go well. In Jesus' name. Um, John chapter 1. Glory to God. Okay. John one, let's see verse verse sixteen. Okay, or verse fourteen, the, the word was made flesh, right? and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 15, John bare witness of him and cried, saying, and this was he of whom I spake, and he that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Praise God. Verse 18 now says that no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. Thank you, Jesus. So, this um, declaration, um, we see Jesus, he actually didn't come for on his own accord he came for a declaration which is declaring the that which things that pertain to the place where he is right the that place that he calls the the bosom of the father and from that bosom of the father there is uh, a declaration which he wants to bring. There's something out of the Father's bosom that Jesus wants all of man, all of mankind, everyone to know. Uh, now this declaration, now we see if what he, will, what he will declare will be according to his fullness. That the Declaration of Jesus, everything that he will say, you know, we are in the season of 
the declaration of this person called the Son of God. That's what Hebrews chapter 1 was telling us, right? That God who had sundry times and in diverse manners speak in time past unto the fathers by the prophets has in these last days done what? Spoken unto us by his son. So this son is that son which is the only begotten son which John 1 is saying which is in the bosom of the father who declares him. Praise God. And so whenever you have the last days then it means that you are in the season of the declaration of the son or the, the season of that season of his declaration is the time when God has actually apportioned for only one person to speak and that season is the season we are in now that in the last days he's spoken unto us by his son whom he has appointed the word heir of all things and by whom he made the world. So um, this Jesus, what he declares is according, to, is according to his fullness. Now there is a witness, what we call declaration is also, you can also call it witness. Or because if um, he's bringing a witness of that which is in the bosom of the Father, is bearing it, is bringing it out to us, is giving us a witness of those things. And the witness, how God will witness to things, is something that we have to learn to, you know, hearing, it's not that easy to pick the hearing of the sun. You know, in the mountain of transfiguration, that was one of the, the key things that was told to, uh, was it Peter, James, and John, right? Who were with Jesus after the voice came down from heaven, from excellent glory, and he said that, you know, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Then you should do what? Hear ye him. That's Matthew chapter, chapter 5, 17, verse 5. Praise God. Uh, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You should do what? Hear ye him. And um, is not heaven. You see the book of Revelation, for example, the entire book of Revelation is just about getting the message of the Son across. That's the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants these things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent it so this sent it, signified it, is all the, the wisdom of witness. Of how different in this season they use this method of witness. Praise God. Sent it, signified it by his angel to his servant John, which bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ, which was, of course, our testimony is also witness, right? That he bore record of the word of God and the testimony or the witness of Jesus Christ and of all things that he did what? That he saw. Praise Jesus. So you know that this hearing, then they now say, blessed is he. I think if you go further, where is it? Uh, verse 3, blessed is he that 
readeth, and then they that hear. He that read first. There is a blessing of reading. That's one blessing. Right in trying to, all you're trying to do is to capture the witness that the Son of God is bringing to us. That first of all, there is, there is a reading aspect. Blessed is he that readeth, and then they that hear. So he that readeth is not necessarily the same as they that hear. Some can read, but might not be able to hear. They that hear the word, the words of this prophecy, and then keep. So there are those who will read, then there are those who hear. Some might hear and might not keep, or they might not yet be keepers of the things which they have heard. But blessed are they which hear, which read, then they will hear, and those who keep those things which are what? Written. Why? For the time is at hand. Praise Jesus. So in this, this season of see, hearing and keeping um, is there is um, that's where a lot of the the work needs to be done to to hear and to keep. There's also a lot of there's a lot of investment of God, of the resources of God of heaven that need to be available for reading. You know, when they say reading here, it's not just it's not reading Bible, it's, he, it's reading of the scriptures, right? Scripture, to read means you can read. It's not, that's, scripture is meant to be read. So you can, when you, let's say you read the verse of the Bible, you have read Bible. But when you are reading scripture, you are, it's like you are reading it. You are seeing, okay, why is it this way? What is the, what information is this organization of script trying to, uh-huh, what is it? We're able to read that situation. We're able to read that thing, that, that sense of reading. Uh-huh. So to, to read means you're able to, to put together. Like when you say learning how to read, reading means you're able to, to assemble meaning out of an array of letters. Right and words, right? Letters, letters make up words. Then word will make up a phrase, and phrases can make up a sentence. Sentence can make up a paragraph. Paragraph can make up a page. Are you seeing levels of organization with meaning? Levels and so reading. This thing called reading is a is a complex thing. <laughs> Praise God. The, uh, reading is uh, that's the world of precepts. Uh, praise Jesus. That is being able to say, Blessed is he that readeth. Being able to read means that you are able to, at different levels, you can start reading at the letter level. Then from there, they can graduate you to begin to read at word level. I'm just speaking metaphorically. Then, from word level, they can move you to phrase, to sentence. So, if you can read a sentence, there's, you have, there's a kind of, you can read sentences. You will have information about what is there, but it will be disjointed. Because there's a way sentences connect. 
to give a more robust meaning with context, with all kinds of things. It's very clear that from a sentence, you cannot deduce the mind of a writer, but you can pick specific information from a, just from one sentence. But one sentence cannot reveal the, the, the mind of the writer. It will take sentences, paragraphs, that you put meaning together. You are able to bring things together, then, ah, okay. I'm beginning to, are you getting what I'm saying? Praise Jesus. So, so this hearing, but in this place, um, see, reading then moves into hearing, right? Then hearing is, uh, is higher than reading. Because when you've, you've read, then after a while you begin to hear. Hearing has more, um, there is more, it has more import of, um, praise God, it is, it when you begin to hear, you're moving more into the, into the personal side of things. Because we who speaks is a person. Glory to Jesus. Is to what? Is a person. And so, is a threshold, like when the soul begins to hear, Hebrews 1, they say, Hear, has spoken unto us by his son. In Matthew 17, he said, Hear ye him. Right, then there's something about the voice, like John who said that the time is coming and now is when the dead will hear what? The voice of the what? The son of man. And they that hear shall live. So the discharge of life is kept in hearing. Right? Without hearing the power of, they will say that life and the power of life and death, or life and death are in the power of the tongue. That without tongue is through speaking. Praise Jesus that life is transferred. So it means that souls that will receive life, it's not possible to receive life without hearing. There's a kind of spiritual hearing that's needed to receive what? To receive life. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Book of Revelation, you see if you go on to um, pastor chapter 1, then chapter 2, and then chapter 3, those Churches, they kept saying that, you know, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith. So, this is clear that all of these churches, all of these churches are all of them. There is none of this church that has not prospered greatly in the, the precept of the witness which the son has. The, all of these churches are all scriptural. Um, none of them were novices because of this, this time, this season. Um, if they are still novices in scripture, this season will not come. Right, what is the season? 
is the season of expectation. When you begin to know scriptures, they begin to arise an expectation in the spirit. They begin to be thin because scriptures are not costly. They are precious. They are actually materials of blood. Right? So to the, the, the scriptures, amen, are things that, you know, they are very, very expensive to be able to see and to be able to read the scriptures. Praise Jesus. So when you've excelled so much in understanding scriptures lead to knowing the precepts, when you've excelled a lot, that will begin to raise what? An expectation. And you can never judge, you can never... Um, dodge that aspect. You can't. You cannot read scriptures for free and get revelation for free and then decide to go away. Do you get? It does not work like that because of what you are reading. The the, the book is a, is a book of covenant. You, everything that, that's shown to you in the, book, in the book, anytime you see something, you owe a debt. Do you understand what I'm saying? You are, you are, you are a debtor. Anytime they reveal something to you, you become indebted to that Thing that you are. What is the debt you owe? Doing the fulfillment. Do you get what I'm saying? So anytime, so when you are, they are revealing the Bible, just know that you might not feel it yet, but <laughs> you are heaven, all the heaven know, they track their things, their materials. Every time any heart, eyes sees, they know. They, and they know what you have seen. And you cannot escape and lie that you haven't seen it. I know some souls are interesting. Some souls can can see something. When they sight it, they they know that, ah, this thing. Praise God. So they now try to to behave as if they haven't seen it. And then there's an excuse of ignorance, you know. So it's interesting. You know, it's so that has seen far into this thing. Can act as if they are a baby. They don't know anything. Why? Because it's the fear of the the smell of what these the precepts are demanding. And it's a nature. It's not. And don't blame the pastor. You understand who's preaching it. It's not the pastor. The the word themselves. They are. The, it carries a demand. The, you can't teach the witness of what the Son brings without also putting the debt of that, without making men indebted to fulfilling those things. Praise God. Hallelujah. Knowing Revelation, this scene, no scene, it does a lot. So much, so much. When you, are, when you begin to see your sin is, I don't want to call it warfare, but I want to call it, it, is, it calls a shifting of the spiritual landscape. Yeah. Right? So, Things that the Lord might not have been able to do legitimately. Yes. 
before when you are ignorant. The moment you see it, heaven can begin to say, okay, he has, he has seen. <laughs> you, you, you understand what I mean? It means that he, he holds that sight. So when he holds that sight, devil is aware, all his spirits, they are aware that you have seen it. Heaven is aware, they now begin to come around you and begin to see what will he do with what he has seen. Because by that time, every person who is a carrier of the precepts of God, you are, you are, you are a high-value target. I can use that word, it's not to scare you, I'm just saying, when I say target, I don't mean that. <laughs> I don't mean, ah, you're not a target of, I'm just saying that. They are, th- they are precious things, and when you carry it, they know that. Praise Jesus. You understand? And they are waiting. What will he do? Will he hold it in, in disobedience? In a lie? That's what the devil is banking on. Right? Or will you take up the responsibility to pay the debt? of that side Amen. to fulfill what has been revealed. Praise God. And this was the conversation of, see those churches, those seven churches in the book of Revelation, they have, they have seen. <laughs> it was now the question when it was finding fault with them. It was finding fault with the things, what have they done with all that they have seen, with all the precepts that they have. That they have. So, and you now say that every person who that verse, you see, sorry, these verses of Revelation 2 and 3 to the churches, the people who they are written to are only those who have an ear. Not every Christian has an ear. Do you get? It's this development of ear, it takes some time to develop ears. What ear? Ear that can hear what the spirit is saying, all right? It's not every ear. You're born again, first day you get born again with the Holy Spirit. He's there. He's doing things, he's operational. But almost all the operations of the spirit at that season, when there's no knowledge, has nothing to do with the Holy Ghost. He's not saying anything. He can do some kind of operation that does not involve him speaking. Because he hasn't come into his real ministry. Right? Now when it's time, and when he wants to start his ministry, he doesn't start with speaking either. Remember, it is the spirit that beareth witness. The son carries the witness, but his witness travels. He's moved. His his witness is is, um, the wisdom of the how, of the delivery, of the, his witness is in the spirit. So when you hear that the time is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the son. See that when you see the, the son speaking, the son is speaking by the, with the mouth of the spirit. Do you see that? That's how the son speaks. Praise God. But first of all, before... The, the season of being able to hear what the Spirit is saying. 
There has to be a season of developing ears. What develops ears are precepts. Or the season of reading. When you are when you are when you are reading, you will not hear you know the Bible is interesting. There are different kinds of hearing, spiritual hearing. But this hearing is is hearing of what the spirit is saying, which is very, very specific. Right? What the spirit is saying is a specific thing, kind of hearing. There are specific things which the Holy Ghost is saying, which the person must be developed to hear. Not everything that you hear. It's very clear that, that this hearing is not fit commit by hearing. Uh, that Romans chapter 10. Faith coming by hearing, hearing by the word of God. There are different ways that can operate. Like you can say, for example, that you got born again by hearing, not by understanding anything. The hearing that raised faith in your heart. It's a kind of hearing. But it's not hearing what the spirit is saying. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. This hearing is like another season, like John chapter 1. First John chapter 1, we say that which we have heard. That hearing is not faith coming by hearing. That one is, is of the word of life. It's another season of hearing. This time when you're saying that which we have heard, is talking about hearing that which was from the beginning. Before you begin to hear that which was from the beginning, you've heard many things, right? Many, many things have been said. Things around in the scripture, scriptural things, right? There's been an initial season of hearing and hearing and hearing and also seeing and all of that. But this is another season of hearing. This, Specific hearing is the hearing of the Son, or you call it the hearing of the Father and the Son. Like if you go down in First John chapter one, you begin to see about that this fellowship in truly our fellowship, that which we have seen and heard. Verse three, First John one verse three, that which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you that what you also may have fellowship with us, and truly. Our fellowship is with who? With the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. So for, before you can hear this kind of hearing, the, you must have developed ears that can hear. He who has an ear, let him hear what, what the Spirit is saith to who? to the churches. Praise God. So you can see there's a whole wisdom around witnessing, hearing what Jesus has. And those wisdom are according to the 
his fullness. What he is full of. First of all, he's full of grace. And then he's full of what? He's full of grace and he's full of truth. There is a the season of the of the witness of grace, which every person must come into. So in this season of hearing grace, there is also first of all the the the, the reading of grace. Right, there is also first of all, grace must be read. So you can ask if grace, this grace thing, they be able to conserve it in different ways. They're able to bring grace and then convert grace into scriptures. You know all this the New Testament scriptures are all graces. They are they are grace letters. All the scriptures, the New Testament are all what? They are all grace letters. To through precept. So when they are you are learning the precepts of the New Testament, they are building within you frame of of gracious frame. Of course, in your your mind and then in your inside your heart, they are building the what is a capacity, praise God, for capacity for grace. They actually they are developing the kind of container that grace can sit in. You know that it's not, not every kind of person can grace flow to. Some persons are framed against grace. Right? They are they are they have an anti-grace formation. They are, and they are different ways. That's one thing about the world. The world teaches you, strengthens you to do things gracelessly. Not just that. And when you're learning graceless life, you know, you know graceless life is a school. And that's the, the school of this world. The school of the world is how to live, how to be framed in a way that where your your person is averse to grace, is against gracious living. Glory to Jesus. It's a school they have to actually teach the soul how not to, um, how not to receive grace or how to reject the, the life of grace. So what we call strength in the world is frame against grace. That's what almost all the schools are teaching. Almost all the schools, right, from elementary school to what is the next one? The, before high school, middle school, then high school, then what happened? University or college, and so on and so forth. All of those, yes, those places of learning, and that's not where all the learning happens, but those are, that's an example. Um, praise God. The way, how you frame, how do you develop graceless tendency in nature is that you, you shut, in the, in the way of learning, you shut the door of 
the spiritual input. Right? And then you, you open up all the gates of the senses. Right? It's still, how, do, how you make a person great, graceless is set their senses free. Set the mind free from, um, from an, a more inward control. Right? Unwind the there is a hook which the heart is supposed to have on the mind. When the mind wants to run away, you hey, come back here, don't go there. This is stop in that place. Don't there's you know what I mean? The, the heart will say, hey, this is a ground of fear now. Stop it's not stop thinking now. Don't think farther than this place. Come back from that region. Stay in this vicinity. Right? The God created the heart to be able to do that. Um, but when you're, 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 the soul is going through a graceless school, a school of turning you against gracious living, is to remove that, that hook, that control, of which the, the more spiritual side of the man has over his thinking. And then take the mind and enthrone the mind as a king. Once the mind is a king, the, the, the soul is in trouble. Praise God. You know the, you know the, the seat of, of God's dominion is the heart. God prepares the heart to be the seat of where he wants to put his throne. Is to make the heart, let dominion in the man come from his heart. But Satan is different. The devil wants to put the seat in the mind and then let the mind begin to feed the heart and begin to install things into the heart. Are you getting what I'm trying to say to you? So it's not that easy. That's why if, like, it's not easy to be schooled in this world and carry on spiritual life Effectively, something powerful must be. There must be an input of, there must be a power. You must be powerful to be able to still learn, but maintain the what? Maintain the inward structure. Maintain the design, the way God has designed for you to be. You know, the ability to know things know a lot of things and still be, not lose your formation. Praise God. Uh, now, uh, the school of this world is getting more and more advanced. It's getting more and more direct, intense, and intentional. Before it wasn't like that. Before, they had to do it through a very, very back, back door channel. But now, it's more, yeah. The, 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 the way the world, just to speak about the world a little bit, um, as, think about the world now as, as a school, right? As an, it's an institution, they call it the cause of this world. Is a cause which 
is a, a, a school they pass souls through. Right? And that, that, that school has a, he has a, praise God, he has a vice chancellor, he has a principal. The principal of the school is called the prince of, this, of the power of the air. That's uh, Ephesians chapter 2, right? You are the quickened, you were once dead in trespasses and sins in which time you once walk according to the cause of this world. According to the prince of the power, the spirit that now walketh in what? Children of disobedience. So that prince is the principal of the school. Right? He's the one who designed the course for, for training men to make men ungodly. Right? To make men. An ungodly soul is a soul that is averse to gracious living. Is, is, is restructured against grace. Praise Jesus. So, uh, the way, like, if you look at um, this, the world, you know, we just go some good decades back, they had to move, I'm talking of collective society. Let's leave the developing world now, uh, because the developed, so called developed world, is ahead. In terms of the, in this course, they are maybe they are in the university level, or let's say they are, they've gone into masters now, right? It's just when they finish masters, and they are, I don't know, maybe they have gotten to their, their they're learning their doctorate, something is around that area, you know what I mean? <laughs> Praise God. So there's this developed world, so. Um, this, in this developed world, there's a way they, the, the world has to have evolved over time. It has to have evolved, and the way to, um, that they can achieve the, the complete, uh, you know, disintegration of the frame that God has created in, you know, the natural man was created to receive grace. Yes, sir. That was actually what the natural, natural man, in fact, the natural man had a gracious existence. Everything, check, everything Edenic is gracious to start with, you understand? And then man began to journey out of that over time. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, in the world, the, um, if you... And what I'm saying is not just only Bible knowledge. What I'm saying is I can even switch my language. I'm going to talk to you just from, I won't call it, not secular, but just normal yeah, things that have been studied. Glory to God. There is a, a psychologist, or is a social psychologist, sort of, who sort of uses a word to coin the, coin the phrase to explain the phenomenon, like what has been happening to humanity, he called it the death of God. Yeah. He said, he said that that's what has happened when these this modern times that we have, generation has overseen the death of God in the collective consciousness of men. And that has happened now. Right? Of course, God is not dead, but they mean in terms of the collective 
like what what people retain. Why why is it necessary for God to die in consciousness for the cause of this world to move into masters and PhD level, advanced level? It's because the consciousness of God always makes the heart keeps the heart in control of the man. Praise God. That was why guys like Karl Marx, they hated religion. Why, why, why religion? He said religion is the opium of the people, is a drug. Why is it a drug? Because men act irrationally. (laughs) What does it mean? that men act irrationally or is an opium, it means that, that they have something in them that overrides their, yeah. yes, like someone who takes drugs. Yes, they have something in them that can make them, they, they think logically yes, until a certain point. Yes, <laughs> Praise God. So the authors of the, you know, the, the, the postmodern thought, the Marxist and all, all of those things, they are, they, one of the things they hate is a, a sort of a, a social consciousness that retains the, what, the, the memory of God. So God has to go. And we bought into it and, and if, yeah, we bought into it. And if you, and you tell me where, where, what, where did they, in, where did they put the investment? You know, it's not easy to remove God from society. It's not an easy task, it, it, and it's a, it's a task that has taken generations. Right? Spirits have been at work through generations to gradually do it, gradually, gradually do it. And the place where they put the investment is in the educational system, in the schools. In the schools. Praise God. So when you go to school, that's why I said you're, you're not just going to learn book. What, there's something riding on that natural education that is that if you just nonchalantly, just go there. When you come out, you come out with a natural education, but you come out with much more than that. Yes. <laughs> something you, you won't know. It will be like the same you, but something has shifted. And if you go into university and you, if you go into university, and this was my own experience, my own experience, because I did my high school in the, the undeveloped world, <laughs> or developing or underdeveloped, I don't know, where such things haven't prospered. Glory to God. In fact, my own secondary school, where I went to school, the guys who were in my senior secondary, it was a boarding school, they are missionaries. He's actually an evangelist who had a school, so. Oh, praise God. The guy was more interested in giving you God than teaching you. <laughs> and we have a lot of schools like that. I went to Sunday school. 
I went to prayers, morning prayers, evening prayers, Sunday was a dreadful day. <laughs> Sunday was, in fact, on Sunday we have our normal, you know, you know how you have, you have a, your uniform to class, and we have our boarding uniform, but Sunday is different, white. They then not catch you without white. Just to, for it to enter into your consciousness that. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. But, but, so that was kind of, you know, so things were different. Well, coming to Canada, university, I don't I realize, because me coming to university, that, that also, then also coincided with the time when my work with God really started. And, and I was growing spiritually. And I discovered that the more I grew spiritually, the harder school became for me. Not because I became dull. Because there was something about what school wanted that I wasn't willing to give. And it's, school is framed that way. There's, a, there's something that even the, the guys, the, the so-called professors, some of them don't know what they are doing. They don't know where their influence is, is coming from, but there's something heavy over those, these institutions in the Western world, especially in the social sciences. The less objective, do you know, because in social sciences, it's more direct. You know, um, you can't teach me. No, if you're in a math class, you can't start saying rubbish, right? You can't start talking about my own. <laughs> what? What I believe. What? That's not your business. Teach me math. Let's go. <laughs> no, the objective, engineering, and all of those places, <laughs> right? So in those places, it's harder to. But it's but it's the spirit is still there. It's still there. It does it in a different way. It's not in trying to teach you about your, no, this is what to believe. No, it's by, it can, make sure that mathematics or engineering or whatever is taught in such a way that it must, it must take on a life in you. So indirectly, they are not attacking your life, but you, you must carry it in this if you can't carry it in that manner, they can detect you. The system will just be fighting you somehow. <laughs> you need, God needs to then give you wisdom. And there are some of those courses you can't lend them without spiritual influence. You, some of them are difficult, like some of those highly technical courses. It means a spirit must teach you. That's the honest truth. Some of those courses you can't. A spirit must teach you. You won't be able to put it together. You know, it's not, it's not everything that the way that if you learn without spiritual help, things will be disjointed. You can know what he's talking about, but when he set the exam for you, you can't release it out in three hours of exam. 
you know, because it's not together. For you to be able to do that, and they test it, that there's a way it must sit. The applica- application, something, there's a kind of creative something. In other words, it can't just be what is in your memory, writing it. They will set it such that, let's say everything is in your head, but you cannot pass that exam without something from somewhere talking to you while you are writing. Do you get what I'm saying? So, I mean, so if you have not, if you've not made an alliance with his spirit, I know some guys will hear what I've seen. Why is this guy? Why are you being extra? No, I'm not, I'm not I'm, what I'm telling you is I'm very honest with you. It's true. It's true. So those, those faculties, there are spirits there who teach kids and they select them based on your allegiance. They will, they will start talking to you and helping you and teaching you. If you are rejecting them, they will make it hard for you. They won't, they won't help you. So when you are grown as a Christian, you have to quickly learn the spirit. You have to very quickly. You understand what I mean? If you don't learn the spirit quickly, you will suffer a lot. <laughs> right? It means that you, you have to have the Holy Ghost as your teacher. But it takes some maturity for, your, for you to be able to, to, to flow to, for those doors, those creative doors of the Holy Spirit. Or he can begin to talk to you. Amen. So I'm not talking about how you slept and they showed you the answer. That's not uh, <laughs> glory to God. <laughs> I'm not saying that that thing hasn't happened to people strangely, randomly. Because I've heard testimonies of those kind of things happening. And I don't doubt them. I know it's true. I've heard testimonies. I had an exam and everything was difficult. And then maybe I slept and the Lord showed me something. I've heard different things. And I believe all the testimony. But I've never heard a testimony of anybody that said that every single exam and every single assignment, I see those visions. <laughs> so it can happen from time. That means that that's not, that's not the mood of... <laughs> uh-huh. But the Holy Spirit is not, an ex- it's not a fraud. It's not an exam. <laughs> It's not in the business of what? You going through school and getting a degree and not knowing anything. Right? Even if for people who experience such things, it's not really because the Holy Ghost wants that cares about their passing. Maybe they're just so, it might be tied to something else. Maybe he wants to just encourage them, or maybe they are in a very difficult place just to help their soul. So it's, it's not really about the school, you understand? So, a lot of us have left school now, so, but those of us who are still in school, Holy Ghost does not help you cheat an exam. It's not a... <laughs> you can't use the Spirit of God. And so, you, that means you cannot use prayer instead of studying. <laughs> prayer is not a substitute for... Neither is reading Bible. Reading Bible is not a substitute for reading your book, right? If you... Don't read your book and you read the Bible, you will fail. Because yes. <laughs> there's no mathematics. 
disciple. You, you understand, you have to, but what, I, what I'm speaking about, I'm not talking about your, you must do the work, you must retain things, you must remember things, you must read. But I'm talking about that edge, that spiritual thing, when you see a problem, you see a problem, and the thing that tells you, this is what the mind of the professor is looking for. Take this angle. That is inspiration, it's a kind of thing. Maybe there are many ways you would approach it, but there's something, aha. Uh-huh. And it's in a cut, it cuts across all fields, yes, both not just the technical fields, also even in, let's say in medicine, like the human body is one of the most complex things, right? To be a doctor, nobody can be a doctor, it's not possible. To be a doctor without a spirit helping you, yes. like going through medical school, coming out, no, a spirit is involved. By the time you finish, you have made alliance with a spirit. It's a spirit that takes people through medical school. It's medical school. I know because I have had a friend, very close friend, who was <laughs> medical school. I know how that place is. Praise God. So if you want to do medicine, um, you should have, have, make sure that you've, your, uh, that, what do I want to say, that your, the Holy Spirit, You have, you have gone a bit far in the school of the spirit. What do I mean by going, going far in the school of the spirit? That the doors of inspiration of the spirit of God have opened up inside of you. If not, it will be difficult for you. You will be able to make sense of some things and to keep them. The things that you have to memorize, as a, any medical profession, is memory. But it's memory beyond just memory. You know, there's memorizing that's just cramming. This one is not cramming. That it must be stored spiritually. That you can't just forget after reading it. (laughs) Neither can you forget after writing exam. Because the next exam, it will show up. And it can show up randomly. You understand? So, um, learning, spirits are involved when it comes to how the, you know, our natural learning on the earth is very, very, it's highly spiritual. Highly spiritual. That's one thing that I, I discovered as I began to grow when I was in university. It got to a time, it got, became difficult for me until God helped me and helped my heart to, to key into something. To the Holy Spirit began to help me on how to, okay, this is how you handle the course now, this is what you do. Maybe at the beginning of the program, I'll just sit down in class when the prof is introducing the course and waiting. What does this prof want? I need, to, I need to know what the prof wants in this course. You know, not every course is the same. Right? And all professors are different. Praise Jesus. So those are the schools, not just the schools, also places of work as well. There are also places that, you know, there's a lot of investment of spirits because it involves the application of of the mind. So you can see how easy it is to become graceless. When you want, if you want, you want to make a soul graceless, this is the this is the way you do it. 
overtake the person, create things around him that, are, that have their capacity to put pressure on them. It can come from your parents. It can come from just expectation of society. It can come from different things. Like the overall general pressure which everybody goes through is the pressure of being able to have your needs met. Right, that thing of what to eat as a universal pressure. (laughs) Yes, now, if you're a young person like you are going through school, that should be somewhere in your mind. If you're not constantly thinking about it because you're not responsible, then your parents is their own job to do that pressure, they will convert it and use their own self to put it on you. So when you're feeling pressure from your parents, you don't know it's pressure of what you eat tomorrow because you are not thinking about that. But you know that it is the same pressure, it's just converting, it's going through the another channel. So it means your parents can think it for you and convert it and impose the pressure on you. Do you get what I'm saying? There's, so then learning. So the way you you you, you have to make it so graceless, how to remove the framing of grace, put a situation where there is pressure, then give the soul a difficult task, extremely difficult task to do. So it means that 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 soul has to find a way. You have to find a way so it means that, that, that in that season, when you are in school, if you are normally a lazy person, you can't be lazy anymore. You begin to feel the pressure. Maybe the first bad result. The second one. By the time, what happened? Parents, things begin to descend on you. And they made it education expensive too. It's very, it's very important. That, that aspect, it, it must not be cheap. It's part of spirits. Do you know that? Do you know that? Wow. I've stopped teaching Bible. I'm just talking. About it. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. Well, I think it's a, it's a sense. Maybe, maybe, because if I just try and teach these things like that without describing some of these things to us, you might not be able to, to bring it home. Uh-huh. Praise God. Now, you know that the price you pay for university education, it doesn't cost a fraction of that. Do you know that? Like when they quote your thousands of school fees. No, it doesn't cost anything. But, and it doesn't actually even make sense. Why is it so expensive? It's just an alliance is the government and these universities, they are in an alliance somehow. You know, once you discover that government pays for something, that's the end. That's what the investors figured out. That just student loans, government will just ship the money, make it easy. So they can, you know that whatever they put your, your school fees at, people will pay it because they can collect the money from the government. But it's not just government doing it, it's spirits. They must heighten the stakes. When you come to that school, it shouldn't just be a free thing. 
It should be something that you pay heavily for. Now, when you are in the class and they set the exam, you are vibrating. Yeah. Different pressure. What time you think of the, the zeros behind the amount you paid for that class? Many things. <laughs> so it will, um, that thing, one thing that what faith does to the soul, fear does the same thing. It's just that the door that faith opens is a different door from what fear opens. Right? Remember, the power of bondage is, is who through the fear of death. Through the fear of death of all their lives be what subject. That's those are who he came to, to deliver them. And to deliver them who through the fear of death. Hebrews 2 verse 5 where all their what? Lifetime subject to bondage. Go to verse 14. It says, for as much as the children are particles of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that he through death might destroy him that has what? The power of death. That is the devil. That, the power of death means he has the secret, the influence of how to bring death. He knows it. That is the devil. And to deliver all them who through the word fear of death have all their lifetime be what? Subject to bondage. So you see, anytime you, are, you fear, you open doors to spirits. Yeah. So, faith is a doorway into grace. It is of faith that it might be by grace. Right? Being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Romans chapter 5. Right? So, Faith opens doorway into gracious life. Fear is the doorway into gracelessness. When someone is afraid, they will be graceless. Another word for gracelessness is hastiness. So is he that believeth that does not make haste? Do you understand? When that's what Isaiah was teaching about the stony nature. So I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, try stone, precious kind of stone, right? A sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. So this that stone is the gracious stature is against that thing called haste, which which what fear that thing called fear of fear of death opens door into. Are you understanding what I'm trying to say? So that, what you call fear, or fear of death. So when you create that atmosphere, you can't learn. They, de- they design school so that school must be like that. Those, there's a way that if the professor, those guys, are you seeing the way the faculty is? Is there anybody who, does, who goes to class without fear? I don't even perceive what I'm talking about. Yes, you know the way you go and watch a soccer game? Do you go to class like that? 
when you go to class, if the professor, hey, stand up on your locker and look at the ceiling, everybody will do it before even thinking, oh, why are we doing this? There's something about that professor. There's an ambience of the atmosphere of the classroom. It's created for a particular reason. Praise God. There is a spirit. It's a spiritual place. When exam time is coming, hey. You see, natures of soul begin to manifest. Restlessness. All kinds of things. Those who have no moral, this thing, you see all of them at that time. Right? It's that, it's an, it's an, the, the atmosphere of, because without that kind of feeling, you won't have, same thing when you go into other places, like I function in, let's say you move into, let's say you go to Wall Street, for example. That's another kind of school. That's more professional world, but it's a different kind of place. So I, all the cash flows through. Well, let's say you go and walk in one of those banks there. What kind of atmosphere? Can you just hang around there without... Uh, there's a way that... Fear. You can't walk without fear. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a criteria for the environment. They must design it in such a way that that fear of your life, fear of your boss, Fear of, are you getting what I'm trying to say? There's that thing, when you are going to work every day with that kind of heart, it opens the door to spiritual formation. The inside. That's how you form graceless souls. The spirits make the mind have to make it that, that put, that your mind will be everything. You must not have time. There should be no space for the heart to be involved in, in deciding anything. Praise Jesus. Corporations are, 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 are raised and the model of corporations is such that you know, for you to be highly functional, you almost have to be in that way. Yes, or unless you have come into a power right, that is greater than that prevailing. Mm-hmm. So, I want you to see something that you should be able to see now why grace is essential for sinlessness. Why, when there is no grace, sin will abound. It's because the world is designed not to give, to allow any other kind of life to prosper. 
apart from sin life. Only sin life. What is sin life? Graceless life. Hasty life. Fearful life. Only that kind of life should have space in the world. Praise Jesus. So that, that means that your Christianity should take on another meaning entirely. Right? That's why just being religious can't stop you from... Right? You, you see a very religious soul who prays a lot. But once throw them into that, that scenario, school or workplace, another being will emerge. Not the guy who was praying, another fellow who is not different from the others. Who, is, who subscribe to that graceless way of <laughs> living. And that you can't by power just say, I'm not doing. <laughs> right? Like if you, went, if you go to school and you say, no, I'm not doing. I'm just going to be praying and fellowshipping God. I'm not giving my heart to this thing. And you are not, that is just your religious stuff. You don't have, you're not gracious. You will fail, right? <laughs> you will just fail. There's no, no two ways about it. If you go to those high, intense workplaces where they demand you to be a certain way and you don't have grace in you and you just want to, ah, just leave me alone. That, there's a deadline. You're just, uh, I can't sacrifice. <laughs> can't sacrifice my... Uh, Do it the first time. <laughs> I know some, a lot of Christians can't reconcile these things. They can't reconcile these things. Like you see them in church, maybe on Sunday. Wow, it's another world. No Christian church world is nice. Ah, you wish. I wish the world was like this. For Monday morning, so you drink that early morning coffee and you remember your work. Yes. It means that that Sunday guy must die so that another guy, a beast, must arise. <laughs> because that's your, your office door only opens to beasts. If you are not a beast, they detect you. Yes, Please, we don't need. Uh... Yes, sir. <laughs> and you know that, that prayer of Jesus that I'm not saying you take them out of the world, but keep them from the evil. How do you get kept from evil? You see, it's only grace. You must have grace, grace, right? And you can't say, I will be in the world, but I will not walk, I will not make, you will, either you'll be a burden to others, after a while they will get tired of you, you go. Do you get what I'm saying? So most people can't, you will succumb eventually. You will succumb to the life of the world. If you don't have grace, if you don't rush to get grace, if you don't rush to get stature, what will happen to you? You will... You, you will go to this, this, this cause of the world. You'll be a worldly breed and a worldly product 
who prays and goes to church. But when it comes down to it, when there is deadline, when there is, what will happen? That church praying guy can't answer such a... I don't know if I'm speaking to you in any way or I'm describing something to you. But, but this man, Jesus, was, um, he's different. He's, he's full of what? Of grace and what? Full of grace and truth. Full of grace and full of truth. So that thing called truth, truth is like a, is grace, but it's another kind of, of grace. So what I described grace as, grace is inward stature. Inward what? Inward stature. That is characterized by what? Characterized by the the reign of life, right? Is characterized by the reign of the spiritual life. That's what makes a gracious fellow. You understand that reign? I've described that reign. What is what is reigning? It's a gracelessness is a man who, in who that reign is absent. Like who's, a man who's, who's dominated from the outward senses by virtue of the, the drives of this world, which those senses have been tuned to, respond to. Thinking, taking thought. You know, those Jesus take no thought. He's, like, he's talking about stop being graceless. Shut down that graceless operation. As I was, just was teaching, don't stop it. Don't do it. Shut it down. Those thought taking, those hyper sense, sensual life is a graceless kind of living. It's absent from the dominion of life. In the heart. Yes, sir. Do you understand what I mean? Yes, sir. That Romans 5 was saying that those who have received yes, the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by the one Christ Jesus. So a person who has the abundance of grace is someone who has come into the reign of life. It means that their existence is according to the reign of a life, of a spiritual life. On the inside, and that and that life is not just reigning. Is is that life is able to, is able to dominate every yes, other life. Yes, That's the power of grace. Yes, Say stature. Stature. I'm just selling stature to you. If you to see if you will like it, and if you will choose to have stature. Praise God. You know that feeling as if everybody must, you must live for house, mortgage. It's not true, man. Yes. <laughs> you know that kind of thinking? Like 
think about your future. I'm not against thinking of your future, but not that kind of way. Not that. I don't want to plan gracelessly for my future. <laughs> like Jesus now, Jesus was not against prosperity. There's nothing in what he said that, that, made, that made him beat like he was. He was not against that. Praise God. But it's just that don't, don't, what, don't do it to the, the detriment of, uh, yes, don't, don't be, because when you, when you do that, you sell, there's something called lifetime. You're selling your lifetime. They took, those who through the fear of death, where all their lifetime, you become subject to bondage. This world is a prison. It wants to make you subject to bondage. Once you buy into that fear, and you start living by that fear, you become subject to bondage. Your soul can never be free. You can never be free. Praise Jesus. So that stature that's characterized by an, an inward reign, an inward dominion, is it's there is the first called first grace called grace, and there's a higher grace called truth. First grace called what grace, then the higher grace called what truth. So you see that other one, that second one called truth is. The what Jesus really came to bear witness of, but he must bring forth the first one for him to actually then speak of the actual thing. So, you need grace of Christ is the grace for grace. Right? Or the grace of Christ is the, is the grace for truth. Praise God. And then the grace of God Which is truth. The grace of God, which is what? Truth. Is the grace of eternal life. That eternal life is God's very life. That is, is God's, the actual dominion which God actually wants to give to man. So the nomenclature, what they name the grace that 
is a foundation, if I can use that word. Right, it's another kind of foundation. No, truth is also a foundation. But it's another kind. It's called a sure foundation. It's another kind of foundation. It's a foundation that the eternal God sits, sits upon. Right, he stays upon the foundation of what? Of truth. Now, can you see truth as stature? Yes, sir. Praise God. That's kind of what I'm seeing. If we can see that. Yeah. To see truth as stature. The way now you can see grace as, as stature. Right, grace, have grace, capacity. Grace is capacity for spiritual life. Truth is the capacity for God's life. Uh You've seen that? Grace is what the capacity for the spiritual life. Truth is the capacity for or the divine life. So, what you call divine nature is truth. Truth is the divine nature. The grace is the spiritual nature. See, the gracious nature. Truth is also gracious, but it's divinely gracious. It is, it is higher. Quickly, that first, uh, Second Peter, chapter one, very, very quickly. Um, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the word knowledge of so when, whenever they say you hear the word grace and peace grace and peace mainly is grace of Christ right so the, the main, grace and peace means grace and what grace did grace delivers right it's called it's grace and peace it's grace and peace. It's, it's the grace of Christ. That was peace. And everything about Christ, from Christ, is peaceful life. That's why they call God the God of peace. Is it the God of peace who brought again from the dead our, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep. Praise God. So everything about God is peace. All the ways in God, that's what the way of Christ, that's what they call the way of peace. Right, that, that thing called the way of peace is, is, is way, it's talking of divine ways. Praise God. Now, like the, the, then, but the ways of peace are 
truth ways, right? Yes, sir. Uh, you can call it truth ways. You can call them also mercy ways. All its parts are mercy and truth. Praise God. Hallelujah. So grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of what? Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power has given unto us all things. So you can, you can see very clearly that the divine power is grace. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That the divine power is the power for the divine. Yes, sir. The stature for the divine. Yes, sir. Right? That power, divine power is grace. Yes, sir. The eternal power is truth. The, 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 the divine power is the power of godliness. The eternal power is the power of the Godhead. Right, when you say the invisible things of him are clearly seen, the Romans, even the eternal power and Godhead. The eternal power is the power of the Godhead. Divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto what? Life. So it means grace gives us all things that pertain to life. I think we all know all these scriptures, but you need to know them very well. You have to know. These are the precepts now. <laughs> that you need to know. These are, the, these are the prerequisites. There are things that, knowing all these things, like I'm, I'm teaching you now about this scripture, defining grace to you. Through scriptures, installing concept of grace. Without that concept of grace in you, it will have to receive grace. Yes, sir. Now, if we just say grace, we don't define grace. It will be hard for you to, to receive grace. Yes. And more importantly, it will be hard for you to receive the truth. Because one thing, you will never know what truth is without the, the, the knowledge and the apprehension of grace. Yes, truth is, a, is actually a far away, far away it's, a, it's a foreign concept. Yes, sir. You know, we use it in our normal language, yes, sir. right? But we don't know what it means. If you actually think deeply, <laughs> right? That's one of the things that a philosoph- lot of philosophical people, they are, it's one of the big arguments. What is actually, what is truth, really? Right, some will say truth is facts, factual. Some say, no, you can't be. How can truth be factual? Where did the factual things come from? They make to ask those kind of questions. So there are a lot of debates around that place that, you know, truth doesn't even just mean fact, that, oh, that thing is true. It's not just in that kind of way. Truth is a, is a special word. Yes, sir. Right? It's actually a scriptural word. It's a scriptural yes, word yes, that in our human life, we don't have the, the definition yes, of what truth is. Because anything you call true is true within a context. Uh, 
Praise God. Hallelujah. Say truth. truth. So truth is something that don't trivialize it. If you, if you trivialize it, the, the weight of this revelation, what Jesus has to say. God has all Jesus has to say. That's the, actually the message of Jesus. You will not, there will be no space in the heart to, to truth is a word that they want to expound to, to you. And it contains realities. This is actually, truth is actually the message of Jesus. That's what it's about. If you, when we were speaking with Pilate, remember? That, you know, Pilate was asking him, are you a, that was John chapter 18. Asking him, are you, are you a king? They say you are a king. He just said, okay, yeah, you, you call me a king. But he said, my kingdom is not of this world. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. And if my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from hence. Let's, let's see on. This is a very lovely conversation. To me, this is one of the most remarkable conversations in the Bible. Pilate therefore said to him, Are thou a king then? And Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end I was born, and for this cause came I. So he's saying that according to your understanding, you feel I'm a king. Based on that's what you know. All you know about dominion. But let me explain to you about the real why I came. He said, to this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. And everyone that is of the truth, heareth my voice. Everyone that is of the truth, this, was, this is Jesus speaking. Now when he said this word truth, that's how Pilate was not a dull man. You know he was the one that washed his hand off Jesus. You know, I can't forget about this guy. It means that we don't know how deep this guy was when he listened to these things that Jesus was saying. Then he, not, he then asked a question, verse 38. Pilate said unto him, what is truth? This, was an, this, this question was never answered. And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said unto them, I find him no fault in him, no fault at all. So it's very clear. When he knows that Jesus is speaking about something more than, is it true? Is it a lie? Is it a, no? It's a, you know that this man is talking about, he's tying his dominion. You know, he said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were of this world, my disciples would have fought. But, so he now said, are you a king? You are a king then. Then Jesus said, now for this reason I came. One reason. So he's tying his dominion to truth. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So what is, when he says that I came into the world I should bear witness unto the truth, what is this witness? It's what he declares. He came to declare from the bosom of the Father. Do you see that? This, this is message. This truth is the message of Jesus. And I perceive the reason why he wouldn't answer the question, what is truth, is because you can't answer that question like that. <laughs> because before this, this is verse 18. Before that, in verse 16, he has already told his disciples about this thing. I have things to say to you. You cannot bear them. But how be it when he, the spirit of truth, 
then he will guide you into all truth. So truth is not something you explain. It's something that has to do with guidance. It's a way, it's a way something. It's not just a trivial thing. Before you even arrive at this thing called truth, there must already be something called, there must already be a gracious building. Right, so he said we can't talk because you don't have grace in you yet. You don't have grace, so we don't even open up the ministry of truth to beings who are not what? Gracious. So, then it means that truth is one kind of thing. It means, number one, for you to know truth in you, you must have a foundation. Then that foundation must have been tried, must have become precious. Are you seeing all those things? They must have dealt with all hasty tendencies. Those are things that graceless behavior and nature must have left you completely. Because if you are still being blown like grass and all of those things, and you are still, you can't. You, you, the, there's a, a vantage point from where you see truth. Any soul that has restlessness can never see truth. Yes. This thing called truth is elusive. The truth is the secret of the divine life. You, you will easily oversummarize and land, and you miss it altogether. You will easily conclude matters. Do you understand? You easily, it's, it's very difficult to, for, to, to arrive at a conclusion that retains God in it. All of men's equation, no one has God inside. When they summarize, okay, we've looked at everything we found. You understand? When, 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 tell anybody now, go and study the problem of humanity. These people go and what's their problem? They will now write report, pages. They will summarize everything. Out of all their summary, they can't, you understand what I mean? They will not, they can't, there can never be an explanation that involves God in it. Because God is too much of an open-ended question. How do you place him into a material? Can you, can you view the dimensions of God? Can you even begin to... Do you get what I'm trying to say? You can't, you can't fit God into a conversation. There's a kind of a mind. It's not cerebral. It's not... Are you get what I'm saying? It's deeper. It's spiritual. So the, the only people who talk, in, who, tr- who use truth language, yeah, people whose, whose uh, your mind must, must bring, bring down the vibration of your movement, right? You must, and then they will, they will make you no longer oscillate with the world, oscillate, sorry, with the world. And they will bring your heart into a kind of place where you only, well, you can only you can only have spiritual pure spiritual consideration when you can your soul can arrive at that place the door of truth begins to open up to you like those guys and you know the that the beloved elder unto the beloved lady and our children right who are praise God to elder to the elect lady and our children whom I love in the truth. And that, so you see this love in the truth. If you are not in truth, you can never see what he is doing. Yes, sir. 
You can ask me, how are you loving them? You might never know. Not I only, but also. Then even if you see the love, you want to summarize love in truth, you will summarize it according to your concept. Not only I, but also they that have known the truth. See this thing called truth. Amen. Amen. So they are ever learning, but unable to come toward the knowledge. Why? Because truth comes by a witness. Glory to Jesus. Who witnesses? Only Jesus, the Son of God, by the Spirit or by the spirit of truth, can what? Bring the witness of what? The truth to the heart. He said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father, but by me. Praise God. Glory to Jesus. So the world is a the world is a veil against truth. It's a veil against truth. To pierce through this door. You see this door of grace and truth. Um, thank you, Jesus. This is the... This is what you have been you were born again to know. Right. This is what this is the reason why he came. For you to two things. You must know and inherit grace. Then standing on grace, you must know and inherit what? Truth. These things are not as apparent because there are many things like in church. We are still preoccupied with morality. Right? So, when we are preoccupied with morality, it, will, you give, it gives us a sense like we are doing something. Because right? we, we have a task. We, we can, if you have a target, ah, if you can be, how can you be very nice? How can you be charitable? How can you be just those moral things? And, and we still see that. As, you, know, you will say like only Jesus can make you that way. But what is happening is that the world will soon arrive at the bus stop of the church and overtake the church in morality. It's already happening. It has already happened to a great degree. 
just on a very just basic moral basic morality. Right. You find how more basic morality in this part of the world than even in a lot of praying places. Do you understand what I mean? I imagine a church maybe in the in the developing world where all the pastors problem and all his messages don't steal don't cheat people you know that's a high message still <laughs> there are some who don't even teach that there are some who teach that all that Christians about is amass all the money you can pay tight those things materialism that's the lowest kind of thing you can ever preach from the pulpit but let's even move it higher. Those who will now teach, don't steal. Don't cheat. And that's, the, that's their message. Nice moral message. You know, it's, very, it's important. It's a good message. But you know that when you come to this part of the world, most of the people don't steal and cheat. Most of the average people don't steal and cheat. It means that they have gone beyond that gospel. That just pure morality gospel. And, and there is going to be, let me just describe something a little bit. Because the church is going to be, actually in this developed world, is going to face a, a crisis of some sort. It's going to be a crisis of meaning very soon. You know, all, not all strain of worldliness are the same. You know that worldliness of just being bad, being evil, all of those things that involves maybe just outward, maybe being immoral, stealing, or cheating, or doing something, those kind of things. Um, those things will still be there. Yeah. The world has all kinds, we have variety, different kind of souls. But one of the things that will, be, that will arise in these last days will be a very, a hyper-moral string of, world, of worldliness, a string of worldliness. And it will be um, praise God. Hallelujah. It will be driven by the power of the intellect. Yes, and the, the core of it will be that the, it does that intellectual effort to salvage and better the human condition. Because there are a lot of things that are morally wrong that they will now begin to dis discover are bad for humanity. Yes, sir. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Then the, the world will rearrange. Okay, now let's stop some things. And teachings will start. Doctrines will start. They will be cerebrally. Guys will be raised with mouth. To speak. You see all this kind of immorality, they will rubbish those things. They will 
tear it down. They will preach morality better than any pastor ever preached it. They will write books. They will teach you why you should not fornicate as a young person, the dangers of it, dangers of pornography, all of those things. The importance of marriage, why marriage should be between one man and one wife. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because this homeless thing we are doing, it's not, it doesn't work. It just, it just needs some decades. You, they will take stock. Studies will be done that, look, it's not good for humanity to raise, for not to raise kids in a, in a home that has... These things will play out. <laughs> This whole thing, this homosexuality, transgenderism, no, 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 no. That thing, that thing will never be a mainstream thing on the earth. Yes. It's against nature. It will never be. There will always be people who will do it. But those who are, there will be those, after a while it will be realized that it is against human nature, humanity. Those things will die. You understand what I'm saying? When those things arise, there will be no longer message left for the church to preach. Are you, getting, are you seeing I talked to you about the death of God before. I'm now talking about morality post-God morality. That's what it's, it's called, that's the real righteousness of man will come. This Antichrist guy that's coming, you think is that he's gay and lesbians and everything, that's, you think that's all he's about? Oh. When he arises, he will be too beautiful. When men see him, they will say, like, wow, they are seeing the promise of the human race in you. You are the answer to everything. <laughs> you think he won't be moral. He will be highly moral. He will have a prophet who will be a preacher as well, who will raise an image that all men want to build. That he will teach men to make an image unto the beast in themselves. You see, I want this image. This is the right image. Are you understanding what I'm saying? You get, so, so very soon, there will no longer message for preachers to preach anymore. All the morality that we've been preaching, the world will have people. It won't even be true organized schools. Many of them will just be on the internet. They'll have books, YouTube channels, just guys. Things are changing. Media doesn't have power anymore. It's just a matter of time. Your CNN and co. They will soon... <laughs> They keep disintegrating and degenerating. All they tell are just lies, morning to night. <laughs> so put them aside. But things are changing. Are you getting what I'm saying? So the church needs to be ready. So you, at that time, some people will lose their faith. Like, what's the point of all these things? It will be so clear that you don't need to be spiritual to be moral. Once, once, once Christians realize that thing, the church is in crisis. Do you go on? Say now, so we must, we must now, let's go back to what it's about. What did Jesus come for? What did he come for? Let's teach his message. Let's teach him. 
So I didn't come. I came not but to bear witness of the truth. See, what is truth? That's a question you should be asking yourself. Yes, don't just take it like, ask. you know the answer to that. If you don't know the answer yet, which I can bet you most of us, including myself, we don't know. We need to begin to race into what the, all the preparation of, of grace, the building of grace. We need to plunge deeply into investigate and acquire graciousness, come into grace, stature. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's just begin to pray. Thank you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Help is coming. Help, help. Maybe some of you might be thinking, ah, I've gone too far in a contrary way. But the Lord's hand is not too short. The Lord is not weak when it comes to saving you. You can't go too far that your course cannot be reversed. He is able. He said he's able to make all grace abound towards us. You have in all sufficiency in all things. You have an abundance for every good work. Yeah. All grace can abound towards you. Amen. If you feel, ah, I've been raised. I'm too cerebral. I'm too, you know, I can't. But the Lord can begin to teach you. Amen. Teach you Amen. differently. Just Amen. day after day. Just step after step as the word said you hear a voice behind you say this is the way walk in it this is the way you just be hearing walk in it walk this way do it this way shift grace will appear to you so the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto all men teaching them teaching them teaching them denying ungodliness and worldly laws should live righteously soberly and godly in this present world, in this present world, I pray for everyone. None, none of you will be beyond the reach of the grace of God. Yeah. That in your life, new operations of grace Amen. will begin. When you have a fresh entrance, Amen. a new and abundant entrance into the school of the Spirit, where the, where the gracious life will be taught in the name of Jesus. You no longer do things that defy the gracious law or the, that defy the life of the spirit. That from today you no longer make haste. Hastiness ceases. Unbelief ceases. You begin to have capacity. 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 For the life of God to flow. Father, we thank you and we bless your name today. Thank you for speaking to us. Holy Spirit, bear for that witness of these truths. Tri- Bring to our remembrance them and continue to speak to us about them and convince us 
Thank you, Father God. You've not just spoken. There's been an impartation, a release. Heaven is open. Things will come Amen. down to us. Amen. Thank you, O oh God. You will continue to encounter us Amen. in light of this truth. Amen. Thank you, our Father. We give you all the glory. Bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. You dwell between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwell between the cherubim, shine forth.